0: Welcome to the Thrive Church weekly podcast. We pray that you will be blessed and encouraged by this message today. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, it is my joy to be here. Thanks team, great worship and uh, looking, I'm sure you're looking forward to having Glenn dead Deb back next Sunday and I'm sure that'll be an encouraging time of hearing what that I've been reflecting on, uh, we go a wee way back actually, this is, feels like coming home a little bit to me, I uh, lived on uh, Gresson's Road out near Waikuku from my high school years and went to Rangiora High, played rugby for Rangiora rugby, rugby Club before, and when we used to play against Southbrook and then there's a merger there and all that sort of stuff, so you know, anyway, gave my life to Christ in a meeting in Rangiora Baptist Church a number of years ago, and just glad to be following Jesus, excited to be following Jesus. In fact, uh, it is a great day to follow Jesus. Now, it's not going to be an easy day to follow Jesus because culture is set against Jesus, right? That Welcome to Babylon. If you haven't figured that out, you're going to have every distraction and, and every pull of culture trying to get you to come off following Jesus. But it is a great day to follow Jesus and wrestle with the tensions of that and, and to learn what it is to live differently, To the world, and I think a lot of people use that verse where God said, "Be holy as I am holy." And I think we misunderstand that. We think that means perfect or something like that. If you want to dig into the Hebrew, probably the probably the best English word that we use today would be the word "different." Be different. God is saying, "Be different as I am different. Love differently. Look different." Uh, And. uh, you know, I, I'm just excited. God is reforming the church at the moment. We get to be part of reforming the church. This is what kind of gets me up in the morning. I'm tinkering with my team. We're tinkering with our national sort of network. We're, we're tinkering with, we're going, maybe it's time for a little bit less of business strategy, a little, a little bit more uh, deep spiritual formation. There's a, you know, there's a changing, there's a, there's a reformation of the church going on right now that you're part of. Did you know that? I get excited about it. We're reforming things. God's bringing us back. I think the the first 10 or 15 years of my faith journey, to be honest, were relatively shallow and superficial. And God's taking me on this journey of the last 10 years of going deeper and looking at my past and allowing the gospel to minister deep and who I'm becoming is more important than what I'm doing and so on and so forth. And so for me, it's a strange convergence really today of a message that God has been weaving into my lifestyle for the last 10 years and now said, go and speak this in the church, and coming into a church where I know this is already deeply part of the DNA of your church, which I just want to kind of breathe on afresh this morning. Anyway, so I'm just going to get straight into the Bible this morning. Is that all right with you? I, I kind of, uh, you know, we can do a lot of different things this morning in our conversation, but I just want to look to Scripture, start here, give you two passages of Scripture. We're going to start in Isaiah chapter 40, and then move to John 21, and uh Belief for God to speak to us, Hey? Okay. What do you reckon? We're right? This is, I, mean, I know this is the earlier service, but you know, you've had coffee, right? Already? Ready for a second one, probably? If, if you come along with me, we'll get to it quicker. Uh, Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31 says, But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. Those who wait on the Lord. We are not good at waiting, right, in this culture. We want everything now. But the Bible says those who wait to hope in, to put their trust in, to make space for, will renew their strength. Anybody like some renewed strength in this place? John 21. This is an important passage of Scripture. I'm going to start in verse 15 and read through to verse 19. So when they had eaten breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon son of Jonah, do you love me? more than these. And Peter replied, you know, I love you. Then feed my lambs, Jesus told him. Jesus repeated the question, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yes, Lord, Peter said, you know, I love you. Take care of my sheep. Jesus said, a third time he asked, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt. that Jesus had asked a third time. Lord, you know everything. You know I love you. Jesus said, then feed my sheep, verse 18, which is the part that most of us tend to stop when we're reading this passage. We tend to miss this one out. I tell you the truth, Peter. When you were young, you were able to do as you liked. You dressed yourself and went wherever you wanted to go. But when you were old, you would stretch out your hands. Others will dress you and take you where you do not want to go. And in case that was cryptic, It finishes with verse 19. Jesus said this to let him know by what kind of death he would glorify God. Then Jesus told, we have to assume that Peter knew where that was going. Then Jesus said, follow me. Follow me. I'm calling a generation to to radical counterculture following in Christ. Holistic following of Christ—that's what we have been called to. Now, uh, has anybody ever had to renew anything uh, like a, a like a I don't know passport or a lease on a building? If you you get to that stage where you've got to renew it, you know, uh, my wife just renewed her passport. I'm not bitter about it, but we didn't renew mine because mine's not necessary because she's going to the Cook Islands with her family and not me. Um, it's all right. I've got ownership of that, clearly. Uh, so she had to renew her passport. And the cool thing about that is, you you know, you can do the photo yourself now and all this sort of stuff. Uh, you, you get it renewed. I, I had to get my driver's license renewed just a little while ago. Uh, uh, every 10, is it 10 years? Driver's license has to get renewed. Has anybody had to renew their driver's license yet? Yeah, there's a few of us that have, anybody a couple of times now? Uh, oh, well, anyway. <laughs> uh, I uh, I... Oh man, I wish my kids weren't like me in this regard, but when it comes to study at school, like if you've got, you know, four weeks before the assessment, how many you know the best thing to do is do nothing until the night before, right? Am I right? Oh, I'm not right, but that was how I did it. cram you know there's 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 amazing capabilities resources that you draw out of yourself if you just leave everything to the last minute uh anyway so i'm like that with uh stuff at times and i'm definitely like that with renewing my driver's license uh and uh and actually got to the point where it, it expired and then i'm like all of a sudden i'm like shoot i can't drive i've just lost something that i've been doing since i was 15 because uh, that's how it used to be. And by the time I turned 16, in the next week, I got my full driver's license because you could do that and shorten them. And, well, I've been back in trailers and tractors since I was 12 anyway. You know what I mean? But, uh, you know, uh, I've just lost something that I've been doing since I was 15. 10 years. All right, shouldn't lie in church. That the bad things happen with that. But you know, I've just, I've just I've just lost something and I just I moved everything to go down and get it sorted and get it renewed as quick as I can because I didn't want to lose that which I had now lost, which was so important to my freedom. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I mean people these days, young adults these days, are like I oh, don't worry about getting my driver's license it's like what? <sighs> Anyway, I don't understand. Uh, So anyway, I got down and got it renewed because I didn't want to go without what I just lost. You know, churches and in our faith journey, church can sometimes lose some things we can lose some of the things that are supposed to be so important. And I believe as we are reforming the church, the reason we are reforming the church is that so God can renew the church and God can renew her passion. God can renew her sense of mission and sense of purpose and sense of place in the world as being servants to humanity and servants. So I want to talk this morning on a renewal called love, a renewal called love wait on the Lord and you shall renew their strength. Now the context of John 21 is after the crucifixion. This would have been difficult for Peter. He was on a mission with Jesus. He thought Jesus was going to overtake Rome and the whole deal. And then all of a sudden Jesus dies and they were disillusioned. Ever been disillusioned in your faith journey? Well, you haven't haven't followed Jesus very long if you haven't. I don't worry about disillusionment. I think disillusionment is a powerful thing. When we learn how to process that with God, we get stronger in our faith. In fact, if you are under an illusion about God, the best thing that can happen to you is you come out from that illusion about God and be disillusioned. You know what I mean? I think there's room for a bit more disillusionment in this faith journey, as long as we're pointing towards Jesus and getting healthier and whole. And Peter was disillusioned. He's like, what I thought God was like and what Jesus and the Messiah was supposed to do didn't happen. Can I just side note that? You are in good company if you've ever been following Jesus and Jesus didn't operate in the way that you thought he should operate. Welcome to the club. You're all right. Jesus is still there. And he's still going to work all things together for good. And so Peter would have been disillusioned. What do you do when you're disillusioned and you don't know what you should do? You go fishing. Can I hear an amen? Can I hear a witness this morning? Come on, surely there's more than three fisher people out there. You know, and, and if you're really spiritual, then you'll go fly fishing. Oh, I'm on my own there. All right. Uh, so, you know, he goes, he goes fishing, but it wasn't just because he liked fishing, that was his way of life before he met Jesus. So he went back to when you lose a sense of vision of what God is wanting you to do, you will re- often return to what you were doing before. And this is what happens with Peter. Fishes all night, doesn't catch anything. Jesus appears on the beach and says, cast the net out on the other side. He casts the net out on the other side and gets this huge catch. And then he works out. Someone tells him, you know, because Jesus wasn't the smartest disciple. I am grateful that he is there, by the way. He's like, oh yeah, no need. God's oh yeah, okay. We all need community, right? To discern the will of God. And 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 Jesus is there. He he jumps out of the boat gets to Jesus. That's what I love about Peter. And then Jesus has made a feed. They have some breakfast, and then we have this discussion. And what happens in this discussion is that Jesus, here's the overview, Jesus uh, renews his intimacy with Peter. And then he renews purpose. And this is why I feel like I'm here today, because God wants to renew some intimacy with you and he wants to renew purpose. All right, so nudge your neighbor, because I kind of feel like, yeah, you're kind of not quite convinced yet. but nudge your neighbor, help him out and say, God wants to renew intimacy and renew purpose this morning. Can you do that? Peter had lost something. He had got disillusioned, and he'd lost something. He'd lost a sense of walking with Jesus. He'd lost that intimacy and he'd lost a sense of purpose for his life. So he went back to his past way of life. Now, the two big questions of our hearts are, can I be loved the way I am? And do I have anything to offer? And Jesus in this passage answers those two questions. And basically this passage is about the one that didn't get away. The one that got away, the one that didn't get away. Peter and Jesus reveals himself. I mean, the powerful thing is that Peter has just denied Jesus three times right, and then he turns up like oh. and Peter is out fishing, and Jesus comes, and do you know the way Jesus comes to him is powerful do you know does this story sound familiar? He's out fishing and he didn't catch anything? This is exactly what happened when Jesus first called Peter three years prior, almost exactly the same, except that time Peter gets out of the boat and he just goes, get away from me, Lord. I'm a sinful man. And Jesus says, follow me. And now Peter's disillusioned and messed it up and turned his back on it and gone back to his old way of life. And Jesus turns up to him again and says, follow me. And what does he do? He renews intimacy and he renews purpose. This this is like powerful uh, intimacy. I, I chose that word very intentionally for you this morning because I could have said he res, he renews relationship. I just don't think that cuts where we're going. Yeah, you can have a relationship with Jesus. Yeah, just like you have a relationship with a Big Mac. You know what I mean? It's kind of like... No, 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 no. He, he renewed intimacy. Peter, I want to walk with you. Oh, wait on me. Abide. the The Bible says the, the, you want to be fruitful in this whole deal. Abide. Learn what it is to remain. Abide. Dwell. Endure. Continue. It's like you know, if I had a teabag this morning and we're like, come along and just dunk the teabag in and chuck it out, you might get a hint of color in there. You know, it's not very strong. But if you want the the tea to get strong in the water, then you gotta you gotta you gotta allow the bag to abode bide any tea drinkers out there i know we had some coffee stuff but you know you know what I mean? You gotta, the teabags got to abide, and the more the teabag abides, the stronger the tea gets, right? Hello, does this sound like the Bible to anybody? Those who wait, remain, abide in me. They will bear much fruit. You ab- wait on him, and you will renew your strength. I wonder how your intimacy with Jesus, that sense of abiding and connection and walking in the love of God, knowing the wonder of walking with him, hearing his voice, being stirred. Our heart's burning for Jesus. Oh, singing that song this morning. You know, I want more of you. My heart was just burning. It's just, Jesus, I just want to know you more. There's a renewal of intimacy going on right now. You coming? And then there's a renewal of purpose. See, purpose had been lost from Peter. He he thought he was part of God's worldwide restoration program for the for the for the nations. You know, he had this incredible sense of part of something that God is up to. We're reforming and renewing and reviving, awakening the world to the kingdom of God. And can you imagine when he heard the words, "Say, follow me, Peter," and I'm going to make you fishers of men. And now he's out fishing because it's all gone and his. mind and he's fishing and he can't even catch a fish. Can you imagine the torment of his mind that would have been going, I can't even catch fish now, let alone men. And I turned my back on that. And now I can't even do this. I'm useless. I'll never amount to anything. I've ruined it. It's going to be disaster for the rest of my life. And into that place, Jesus comes and says, hey, Follow me, and there's a restoration of intimacy followed by a restoration of purpose. See, Peter is the Jonah of the New Testament. Jonah went the opposite way. The storm came up. Throw me into the storm, and what did he find in the storm? Only the love of God in the shape of a whale. (laughs) Have you lost, have you given up a God sense of Purpose. You're intended to be part of God's purpose. You can play a part in God's purpose that no one else can play. God's renewing that today. See, the story of my life is a lot like the story of Peter. Making mistakes, walking away, denying Christ, coming to places of feeling I don't even know if my life is worth living. But enter Jesus, and for whatever reason, he called me to Himself. Call me to play a part in what he's doing. Haven't got time to unpack my journey but in a very real way I would not be alive if it wasn't for Jesus. Many times wrestling with ending my own life. My life has no meaning without Jesus. But there are times when I feel like I'm not fulfilling what he's asked me to do. Have I have I made a mistake? If I made the wrong choice? I'm like but in His grace and kindness, He just keeps coming back and says, "Now follow Me." So I keep following, and I—I I just, I just define success in the kingdom as simply that now—just following Jesus and faithfully being obedient to what He's asked me to do. Game over. Whether you like me, accept me, want me—you know—it's—it's—it's it's, it's not anything to do with that. It's just will I be faithful to obey what God's asked me to do? Now. The conclusion of all the Gospels ends with what we know as the Great Commission, right? Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they all end with a form of the Great Commission. We typically know Matthew and Mark as being the ones that have the Great Commission. John's going to do it, and he's doing it here in a story because he's personable. This is the Great Commission according to John via the life of Peter. He's commissioning the church, and what's he doing? The great GM right, general manager, <laughs> who's about to leave and leave it all with his tr- trusted successes, the one that just messed up. <laughs> oh, man, God has so much more confidence in us than we have in ourselves, eh? So much more trust in us. <laughs> so he's, the, the, the GM's about to leave. He says, by the way, you're, you're gonna, oh, I'm going to send you someone to give you some counsel, but that you're it. And, 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 and he's about, so he's, he's got to get this last instruction. And instead of, in this case, giving a strategic evangelistic strategy, here's the plan, guys, X, Y, Z, do this and this. And we're going ah, to, instead of doing all that, he says, now let me just talk about the foundation. We, we're going to go into the world, but the foundation is love. And he frames it in love. You could almost say it's all for love. If anybody reads the side of the building when they come in in the morning. So I was encouraged to see that. And there's three things. I'm going to rattle through these really quickly that we see here as John outfolds his understanding of the Great Commission. The mission of the church. The first one is not something he says. The first thing is a demonstration That Jesus gives with his actions and it's simply this it's God's love that renews us all right this is what we see first here and what's about to unfold it's God's love that renews restores redeems it's God's love right we get that this whole thing's about love Simon Sinek wants to talk about the golden circle it's really simple when it comes to the kingdom why love full stop that we would know and make known the love of God. (laughs) Right? It's His love. Now, what's difficult to grasp about this passage of Scripture is that they uh, went fishing even though they had heard the stories that Jesus had been risen from the dead. Here's the thing. Has love changed us? Has it changed us? Has it changed the course of our lives? Because I have to ask the question, have we actually encountered the love of God? Have we actually received the love of God? Have we experienced? experience the love of God? Ephesians 3.19. Have we experienced it if our direction of our life hasn't changed? It's love that changes us. Is the love of God changing you? Is it changing me? Or do we come on a Sunday and go back to our old way of life and do things exactly the same? We should go back and do them differently as His love changes us. And we're more loving, right? Don't let let the mark of my maturity be whether I preached a good message this morning. That wrecks churches. Let the mark of my maturity be whether I'm growing in my love for my wife and for my family and for the people around me. That is maturity in the kingdom. Because I could prophesy with the tongues of angels, but if I'm not deeply established, rooted, grounded in love, I have nothing. Is our life different? Peter had a love deficit. That's why he went back to the old way of love. All of a sudden, could God love me anymore? And Jesus turned up and showed him that he still loved him. Jesus interrupts Peter's agenda with a ridiculous, outrageous, irresponsible demonstration of love. It wasn't irresponsible, right? Hey, this is not what I have in mind you. For The first thing is it's love that renews us, a love that changes us, a love that redeemed us. Secondly, is a love that then touches the world through us? Love changes us, and then love changes the world through us. This is the pattern. We see this, Simon, do you love me more than these? Your crew, your catch, your fish, what is it? It well, was probably more talking about the control of controlling your own life. Uh, he, he's, and he's not calling him Peter. He's calling him Simon. Simon, do you love me and the life that I'm calling you to more than you love the life that I'm calling you from, right? Peter was torn between the two, who I'm, what I've grown up with and what I was built to be by God, who I'm, choo- who I'm choosing to be, who I'm called to be. And Jesus had to get the message through, and so he says it three times. Third time, Simon, Peter was hurt. Lord, you know all things. You know I love you. you. Imagine that, saying that to God. You know all things. You know. All right. So he's not asking the question to get the answer. He's asking to do something in your heart. He's asking to renew something in your life. Three times, three questions, three confessions, three commissions after three denials. And basically he's saying, Peter, I want the denials of your life to be overtaken by a new declaration that love will define your life. What's going to define your life? The love of God? Or your issues? Or your past? Or what somebody else said about you? Peter, I want a new declaration to define your love, a declaration of love. (laughs) there's <laughs> a rhythm to it do you love me yes i love you feed my sheep imagine if it was just the two parts do you love me i love you do you love me i love you it's kind of weird there's a flow of it I love me yeah, i love you feed my sheep take care of those i love do you love me kind of right there in the great commission you can see the people who just say it's just me and god i don't know anything i don't need anyone else who haven't yet met god People say that the opposite of love is hate. It's not. It's self and selfishness. Now, we've got a damaged reputation in this place that we need to correct in our generation. Because when people think the church, they don't typically think, oh, those love people. <laughs> right? They're just waiting for it now, you know, with this passing of acts around, you know, uh, no uh, legislation against gay conversion therapy and stuff. They're just waiting for the church to get on their high horse. And and uh, it shouldn't worry us. Our response should always be just to point people towards Jesus. Our response is love. We get all upset about what government does and doesn't do. I'm sorry. I didn't read in my Bible that the government determines the effectiveness of God's work on the earth. A lion, do you know, a lion is an amazing animal. When they put a group of lions together, what do they call it? Pride, doesn't that? Yes, a lion? yes. Perfect timing. A rhino, what is a group of rhinos called? A crash. How good's that? What about a group of owls? Who? A parliament. Do you know this? How do you know this? It's great. You guys are clever. I like that. Vultures, what are they called? Group of vultures. A committee. We have no committees in our church, just saying. Uh, A a group of crows, what are they called? Someone called it, a murder. What about a group of flamingos? Flamboyant. How good, right? How good. And when people go, oh yeah, the church... Do you know what the association is supposed to be? Oh, there's love. In fact, one of the Roman emperors said about the early church, he said, I can't believe these, these followers of the way, that not only do they look after their poor, they look after Rome's poor. It's love that changes us, and then it's love that changes the world through us. And we are to be a people of love. living expression of the love of God this is how they're going to know the world is going to know that you're my disciples if you get your theology accurate oh if you have signs and wonders that's how the world's going to know I'm not discounting either of those things, they're pretty important but it's not how the world's going to know the world's going to know by your love for one another, that's challenging Feed my sheep. The church is not supposed to be an organization that come together and just have a nice time together. The the church was always a revolutionary movement of people who are transformed by the love of God and committed to seeing that world exported to the world. Feed my sheep. Now, a lot of people read that and go, oh yeah, this is where the part that talks about feeding the church, you know, feed my sheep is talking about teaching, teaching new Christians. Feed my lambs is talking about teaching new Christians. Well. Slight problem with that contextually. There was no church when it was said. And there was no Bible. (laughs) No, God was saying, Peter, I want you to get my love out of the boat and into the world. And then he changes gear. And this doesn't get easier. By the way, Peter, you love to do your own thing. oh man, I'll tell you what, the message of love cuts at the heart of self-centeredness, Not no other message. You like to do your own thing, but you're going to be led one day. Surrender to love, a lifestyle of love. Surrender to my love. Let your life be an expression of my life. Build your life on my love. He said this to tell him what way he would die, which is pleasing on a third point. Either way, anyway, we give our lives for what we love. You're doing it anyway. The priority of your time, emotional energy, investment is going to what you love. What you love is a reflection of what you get love from. Esteem, worth, significance. You're already giving your life to it. I am. So, Peter, this great commission that I'm going to give in this expression, is this weaker because it's about love? No, it's going to up the ante. And Peter, by the way, let me tell you, you're going to give your life for the love and you're going to give your death for love. Historically, the story goes about Peter. He was moving out of one city. I believe it was Rome. That said they were coming from to kill him. As he's walking out of the city, and he'd done this time, so there was no criticism at the time, but as he's walking out of the city, one historical account says he had a vision of Jesus walking back in. So he turned around and followed to spend the last of his life like he would tried to do, spending all of his life following Jesus. He was captured. They said, Peter, we've got no issues really apart from you just need to give up this false hope in Jesus and stop preaching it, stop building the church, stop advancing God's kingdom as you see it. Just stop doing that and we'll be fine. He says, I can't do it. They said, well, Peter, how about we uh, get your wife and how about we torture her in front of you until you do? And as they pulled her fingers out, fingernails out, as they tortured her, she sung hymns and psalms to encourage him. And basically said, Peter, keep the faith. It's worth it. Well, they said, this is not working, so I guess we'll just kill him. And they turned him around they cleared the crowd to show him the form of execution that they'd chosen. And he began to scream and said, no. And they said, ha, see, what a chicken. He can handle his wife being tortured, but now it's his life he's given in. He's about to deny his faith. And he said, no, that is a cross. My Jesus died on a cross. I am not worthy to die in the same manner that Jesus died for humanity. Turn it upside down. And they crucified him upside down. See, it's love that changes us. It's love that then changes the world around us and we give our lives to what we love and a life built on love is a life well spent. Thanks again for tuning in to the Thrive Church weekly podcast. Stay up to date with everything that is happening by following us on social media.